Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How did get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tells that we tell. And it's episode 85! 85! 85. The 80s are going very slowly, I feel. Wow. Why? I don't know. It just seems... It's been 80s for years. It's been five episodes. That seems like such a long time. Well, the 80s did drag. Well, this is true. I mean, (laughs) you and I both remember the 80s. Yeah, just about. I was very small. Very, very, very Very, tiny. I was tiny. I remember the 80s. Yeah. You're a year older than me, so let's not make too much out of it. Well, excuse me for being a year (laughs) older than you. I am wise with worldly wisdom. Oh, that's what it is, yeah. Oh, Oh, the sights that we saw. Absolutely. The shell suits as far as the eye could Ooh, see. Oh, I had a very good shell suit. It was pink and green. Me and my brother Excuse had me? matching shell suits. <laughs> oh, you have to dole that comedy out in little bite-sized <laughs> chunks. I can't, I can't handle that. I can't handle you and Paul little bit yeah. in matching shell suits. Matching How shell suits. You? Oh, six, five, six. Oh, okay, that's all right. That's all right. I thought you were going to say like 15. <laughs> 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 that would be upsetting. No, no, we were somewhat younger than that. Hanging out on the corner. We were really cool. all the ladies. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all five or six and you were wearing matching shell suits. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the most terrible thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a shell suit. Uh, I seen a deprived child. I saw them from afar. And coveted them. If only If I only I went suit. to bed dreaming of a shell suit. <laughs> I remember, I have a vivid memory of being a child wearing a pair of jeans that would be very fashionable now at the time were not and i was wearing like white socks with black shoes and i thought like i look smart i look sophisticated i didn't you did not (laughs) now totally on trend ahead of my time a a trend setter someone saw saw you there and thought oh that'll be good in 30 years (laughs) (laughs) and they had it stored up there in a box everyone looks at my work that'll be good open this in 2021 and they did and went ah genius or it was like the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and many faces were melted. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Good. Yeah, good. That's it. I'm yeah. on my pre-cocktail, cocktail, cocktail. We had a pre-cocktail, cocktail, cocktail. Yeah. As in we had two. Obviously. Any poisonings this week? Uh, no. No? No, no. It's been quiet and calm and all as well mm. within the house. Within the house? Or just generally. <laughs> Excuse um. me, Edgar Allan Poe. Are you within the house of Usher? All is well. <laughs> all is well. So, Not seeing your housemates today. Mm-hmm. Well, this is true. This is true. So, well, you'll find her. I'm going to find them. Like, I'll find but a tiny pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned them into tiny pumpkins. I've stuffed them in the tiny pumpkins. <laughs> 
and served them in a dinner. <laughs> well, speaking of stuffing bodies in tiny, tiny pumpkins and not poisoning anyone, but really poisoning people, I think it's time for us to thank our lovely, delicious Patreon subscribers. We should indeed. They are all marvellous. I thought we had no new ones this week. Boo. That's okay. That's but it's, okay. It's, no, you keep on saying this. I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> Where is everyone? We're marvellous. <laughs> Nick is always benevolent as of like, no, 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 let's not over push ourselves. He was at the start reluctant, like, no, we mustn't advertise too much. Now he's like, I need more Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Absolutely. More we people. need more followers. <laughs> we don't get new Patreon subscribers every week. Some weeks we get a whole glut of them, but we love every single one of the Indeed. hundreds of our well, Patreon yes. subscribers. They are fantastic. They are beautiful. They have been having a hell of a chat this week. Well, yes, there's been quite a discussion. Indeed, because this week's Patreon episode, we, we went a little dark. It was a bit serious and people had some really serious Nick got thoughts. angry. Nick was yeah. not happy. Nick is talking about himself in the third person as well. It's very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Patreon this week was a hotbed of discussion and some really impassioned thoughts on the episode we covered. We may have wandered into the territory of devilry, but to find out what indeed we were talking about and to join the debate please do go over and check out our patreon it is but five dollars a month you get a whole ream of episodes a whole back catalogue you can access many 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 and you can stay you can leave whatever floats your boat but you won't want to leave once you're in well nick hello are you ready Mm. you drink cocktails no man oh i've drunk a lot of cocktails i'm feeling they're going into my head i have to say oh 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 we could drink we could open our own bar. Ah, excellent. And our own poison place. That's a brilliant plan. <laughs> Should we go with the first Let's one? Let's do it. Let's do it. Come Let's on. go with the first one. Let us drink cocktails and talk about poison. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, it is Nick's story this week. But as we've established, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. Mm. Nick's story this week. So his pick. Yes. I'm so excited. I can't <laughs> tell people how excited I am. People are very confused by this already. But Nick, what is the secret ingredient? Secret ingredient is a shark. A shark! Sharks! I bloody love a shark. And for everyone's eardrums who were just blown out then, <laughs> Sinead really enjoys a shark. Every week is shark week for me. Love a goddamn shark. Let's talk about sharks. I don't care about the murder story. Let's just talk about sharks. Let's talk about the Mako shark. Fastest shark ever. But it's not one of them. No. Which mm-hmm. shark is responsible for the most number of deaths, Nick? A lone shark. A lone shark. <laughs> Oh, you hoisted me in there, didn't you? You hoisted me in. <laughs> Maybe, actually, yes. No, yeah, that's exactly. exactly. I, I don't think I have any comeback from that. It was too good. It was too good. Oh, the rapier wit of... Actually, it's the oceanic white tip. Uh, because they are responsible for lots of people being eaten by ships lost at sea. <laughs> I have a lot of these facts. Oh, this is... I thought this was going to be a relatively short episode. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I, no. Um, I just love sharks. I'm just obsessed <laughs> well, with sharks. Well, there is also a demon gin song about the sharks. It is, and it is coming out soon. So that there we I go. Have finally mastered and it's a sad song about sharks the saddest <laughs> shark song ever i need to stop talking you probably, because you probably i'm do. obsessed with sharks okay. so shark is a secret ingredient it's not very spooky though okay it's a ghost shark <gasps> haunted shark wizard wizard shark wizard shark <laughs> ghosty wizard shark How's this is that? like sharknado but ghost shark <laughs> <laughs> i'm quite into my wizard shark does it have a hat it does on the fin <laughs> 
Finn is painted like with golden stars and moons and things. Da 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 Shazam! Does it have a little wand in one fin? And a beard! Okay, I'm very, very excited. I'm hoping a shark is going to turn up in this room. So with sharks, yay, as our secret ingredient, what have you come up with? Well, we are having a cocktail called... Right. We're having a shark bite. A shark bite? A shark bite. Oh, I've not heard of this. Indeed. Quite savage. Oh, well, well, we'll find out. Unless it's a small shark. Then it's a shark nibble. <laughs> so we are, we'll find out quite how savage the bite is. I think it is high time for us to dive into the poisoner's cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick, I'm so excited. (laughs) This is up there with one of the most striking cocktails we've ever had. Because it's goddamn blue. Well, it's certainly Halloween-y, isn't it, I suppose? It's got the Halloween-y drama to it. Yes, I will forgive you for maybe swapping spooky for sharky. (laughs) But it's not only blue, but as a shark bite, it appears to have lines of blood Blood. running through it. It's got all the blood dripping. Is that not spooky enough? It is amazing. (laughs) It is blue and it is streaked with a red substance, which may well be blood. He may just be giving me blood, people. I don't know. So this is exciting enough as it is. In a beautiful glass. Mm. Now with crushed ice and a straw. So should we stir it before we well, drink it? Should we stir in the bloody bloodiness? I, th- I think the bloody bloodiness, I can't imagine it's going to add a huge amount to the flavour. Okay. It's very for the, for the look. So like the sea blue streaked <laughs> with blood from the shark's bite. <laughs> I am in hog's heaven, Nick. Okay, so let's taste it. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Okay, right. That's not unpleasant. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. That's oh, that, that immediately good. is ticking all the boxes. Maybe yeah. a second sip will, will will show more. But oh, that <laughs> sharp, long, fruity. Oh, oh my! Oh my. <laughs> I'm surprised by that. That's actually really good. Oh my god, that's great. Oh, that is right up there <laughs> on my cup of tea. It's sort of I don't know what's in it. It's in margarita territory, so it, it it's sharp and it's citrusy, but it's got good flavour behind it. Oh, it's so nicely balanced, nice and <laughs> oh my god, yas, yas, Nick. I could not be happier with the start of this episode. Excellent. We could end it now, and all would be Let's well. Just be done with it. Well, you need to tell us what's in this marvel, this marvel of the sharks. So we have rum. Yay! So we have a spice rum and a white rum we have two types of rum why settle with one when you go well, exactly two? two should be best uh blue curacao obviously not then, blue wkd not blue wkd or blue food coloring or antifreeze or anything like that that's also blue <laughs> um, then there is a bit of lime juice mm. and a bit of sugar perfect that's it and then just a massive crushed ice so you need the crushed ice because when you drop the mm. grenadine over to make the bloodiness if, um, it, if it's just no ice in there it just instantly dissolves it needs something to cling to to ah. make that sort of streaky droppy effect so that's why you need a lot of ice in there to get that effect so that's the base of the cocktail but then you have grenadine streaked through it to give it, it gives the you the ruddy bloody drop absolutely it's it, amazing yeah. it's just a few drops so the, the, it's not going to impact the flavor at all no. but it just looks great it truly does nick that is a blinder <laughs> so yeah if you were having a halloween party or something mm, yes, you could make a huge batch of this up mm. in a big old punch bowl with a load of ice and some grenadine and it'll make a great sort of punch for parties and things like that yeah it would guys we have done it we have come up with the ultimate halloween cocktail it's blue (laughs) it's creepy it's got blood streaked through it and it tastes goddamn delicious and there's a lot of ice so you're not going to get instantly wrecked it's got the qualities of a good daiquiri (laughs) you know because you've got rum and lime and and sugar sugar. 
with a bit added blue and orange in there. I mean, you can't go wrong, yeah, can good. you? I like it. Delicious cocktail. It looks good. And I know there's sharks ahead of us. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've got a lot of writing on this already, haven't I? <laughs> so, <laughs> I've, I've set myself up. It's better be damn good. If there are no sharks in this, I no... will kill you. Someone I'm... once saw a picture of a shark. I went, oh, that's a sharky. <laughs> <laughs> they were watching Shark Week and then they got murdered. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. (laughs) Well, with our Mm. shark bites firmly in hand, strolling down the seafront, if you will, on a spooky night, is it time for a story, Nick? It is most certainly time for a story. Good luck. This week we are going on holiday. Yay! We are going to the golden sands of Coogie Beach. Coogie Beach? Coogie Beach in Sydney, Australia. (gasps) I think I know what this is. Yeah. Australia. Oh, we don't go to Australia that often. We don't. So we're going there this week. It is the 17th of April, 1935. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I think I know this story and now. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy that you're doing it and I didn't have to struggle through it. <laughs> Bert Hobson is out on his fishing boat uh, with his son and they are reeling in the latest catch of the day. But it's a small shark. A little shark is a pretty common thing around the Sydney coastline. As Bert is about to haul this small shark into the boat, he spots a shadow approaching fast under the water nice. and just in time he moves back from the water's edge and a 14 foot tiger shark <laughs> erupts from the surface and devours this smaller shark tasty tasty lunch but he mm. has somewhat come a cropper because he is now stuck yes he's rather stuck he's just eaten a shark on the end of a fishing line um and he is now itself hooked on this on this line now seeing this massive shark sort of thrashing around at the end trying to get free mm. you might think that bert would sort of cut the line and get the fuck out of there well, yes that would be my instinct generally if a shark's on your boat yeah. thrashing around well, well, he's no, not on the boat he's in the water on uh, the end of the line the shark was bait for the, the shark, other shark exactly so a normal person would go fuck this cut the line let the shark off and get the hell out of there but he's all he's made, made of sterner stuff than this he's not put off by a 14 foot tiger shark well that's quite a find well indeed um and he turns around and heads straight back to shore dragging this shark behind him through the water towards the beach see bert hobson he's not only a fisherman a fearless fisherman by the sounds of it but he is also the owner of Kogi Aquarium, and he instantly recognises an opportunity to revitalise his flagging business with this new star attraction, Mm. this massive shark. Well, so in the 30s, not a lot of sharks in aquariums. Not at that a lot time. of sharks in aquariums. And a 14 footer. Picture that. People. Big old beastie. Bob is absolutely right. This shark is a hitch. And as news spreads of this new attraction, people come for miles around to gawp at this sort of vicious beastie that he's got. So he's captured it alive. He's captured he's... it alive. He's dragged it back to shore and he's got it into a tank in his aquarium. Now, I'm not okay with that, but I realise it was done in the 30s. It was in the. We're talking 30s here. So animals of welfare not high on the agenda unfortunately Mm. the tank is 15 foot wide by 25 foot long don't tell me that it's not a good life it's not a good life for this shark so yes at this time in sydney sharks are pretty much public enemy number one in april we're looking at the height of australian summer Mm. um, and the previous two months three young men had been killed by sharks out at sea swimming and surfing and as such things australians do and they are frequently spotted 
coming close into shore and causing terror on the beaches and panic. You are literally going into its house. I, I haven't, yeah, absolutely. You're I'm diving into its house and it's going to go, get out! <laughs> so when the opportunity comes to see one of these vicious beasties. beasties in the flesh, but in a safe environment, people go, yeah, I want to see what's going on there. Mm. And they flock to the aquarium. For a number of days, the shark is, he seems quite active. He's got a voracious appetite. But on the 25th of April, which is Anzac Day, it begins acting a bit strangely. Now, Anzac Day is a public holiday in Australia. It's the equivalent of Memorial Day in the States and such like. And the park is packed with tourists and families and such, um, all trying eager to catch a glimpse of this of this shark. Okay. But there is definitely something wrong with the animal. Oh. Um, it seems to have lost all its energy. It appears a bit, perhaps a bit ill. It's moving slowly. It's bumping into the sides of the tank of its tiny tiny tank is the shark drunk (laughs) well it it seems very listless everyone is a bit disappointed they have come to see this vicious murdering machine and they're seeing this sort of oh it's a lazy shark poke the shark get him moving around a bit and things like that (laughs) on the bottom of this this tank come on entertain us poke the shark yes because animals are there to dance for us absolutely suddenly there is this huge burst of movement. The shark thrashes from side to side um, and the spectators, they sort of squash in closer to see what's going on. And the shark vomits up the contents of its stomach. Oh. When the foam settles down in the tank, the, the crowd of aquarium guests see a, a partially digested human arm <gasps> floating on the pool's surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> that is what 100 100% of people who go to aquariums are waiting for. <laughs> the predator, please throw up someone's body. An arm. An in arm. front of the children. In front of all the children who are there with their parents to come and look at the wonder of nature, vomiting <laughs> arms at people. Well, that's a wonder of nature, kids, Yeah, exactly. The at the park that day, there's a chap called Narcisse Leo Young. Good name. Which is an excellent name. Now, he works for the Sydney Herald, um, and he is one of the spectators. And he writes in an article that he, I was three or four metres from the shark and clearly saw come out of its mouth a copious brown froth, which smelled incredibly foul. In addition to the arm, he said, the shark also expelled a bird, a rat, and a load of muck. Don't judge the shark, sorry. There's much judgment going on. It's just judgment. like, oh, it ate a bird and a, a bird rat. and a rat and a person. And a load of muck. Leave the shark alone. It's doing its best. After sort of the unsurprising screaming and shouting um, has sort of slightly (laughs) subsided, the authorities arrive on the scene. Yeah, who Um, killed this bird and this rat? (laughs) Now, of course, the assumption is that this is yet another accidental victim in this string of shark attacks uh, that have been reported that summer. Perhaps some tourists that no one had reported missing or something like that. But at the autopsy, things become rather more unsettling. The coroner's report reveals that the arm has not been bitten off in a shark attack. What? As they had expected. It has been cut off with a knife. Now, the coroner goes on to say that this is not a surgical amputation, and therefore they rule out some sort of bizarre medical school prank or hospital waste that's gone gone astray. But this is a crude hacking off the limb to sever it from the body. Eaten an arm that he's found lying around the place. There's an arm in the water. There's an arm in the water, and he's just, oh, look, tasty tasty treats. Now, based on the level of digestion of the arm, they are able to sort of calculate. They've probably been in the shark system for anywhere between 8 and 14 days they think based on the level of acidity and such like people aren't entirely sure was it eaten by the smaller shark who was then eaten by the bigger shark (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's like an arm within a shark within a shark. Yeah, it's like a Russian doll. Well, like a Russian doll of sharks, of arms. Or was it eaten by the big shark who then ate the small shark? Everything they killed came the out. cat that ate the rat that lived in the house. Exactly. So no one's quite know which order it goes in. Okay. But what they do think is obviously this is not an accident. This There is definitely some sort of foul play at hand going on here. The they, shark got onto land and bit <laughs> someone's arm off. Well, they think there's probably no one-armed man still at large in Sydney. Large? One-armed men? One-armed man just roaming the streets of Sydney. There's Fighting sharks at every corner. (laughs) No one has been sort of been registered at a hospital with such an an accident or injury or something like that. The person who this arm belonged to is most likely dead. There's most likely has been a murder. Someone has been chopped up. Someone has been killed. Someone has been chopped up and either deliberately fed to a shark or just dumped in the ocean or something and the the shark has come along and seen this sort of tasty buffet now the first step is trying to identify who in the arm belongs to unfortunately the the police are actually able to retrieve a set of fingerprints from the arm but with nothing to compare them to they are still at a bit of a loss there are no great databases and things like that at this time that they can go they can run them this is the 30s so they can run them through compare them to their own little set they've got at that station but that that's about it and there's there's no matches there the coroner does find something interesting on the arm he's able to make out a faded and mostly digested tattoo oh, nice. um, the image is of two boxers squaring up to each other about to fight it's a weird tattoo to have. it's a weird unless you're a boxer wouldn't be weird if he'd had a tattoo of a shark eating an arm <laughs> that would be weirder and slightly sometimes that tattoo the future <laughs> hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> The police release this detail to the press. They release the detail. And they release the shark into Sydney as well. (laughs) Is the shark okay? The shark is not okay. Does the shark die? The shark does get killed. Get killed? Yeah. They think there might be more bits of person inside the shark. (gasps) So they end up killing the shark and cutting the shark open to discover there's no more bits of people in the shark. So they they do end up killing the shark to see if there are more people inside there. More people in there. (laughs) Perhaps a wallet or something like that would have been helpful. The shark does not do well in this story. <laughs> so the police have released this this information, this detail of this tattoo to the press. And they think there can't have been that many people with this tattoo. It's quite an unusual tattoo. Um, yeah. Who have recently gone missing. So they think someone is bound to recognise this person. And they they are right. They are absolutely right. One morning, Edwin Smith is reading about what has happened at the, the Kogi Aquarium. And uh, when he comes across a detail that makes him go, ooh... <laughs> Oh, he goes, he's sitting there and his wife goes you've never made that noise before go, oh. when he read of the description of the tattoo of these two boxes um, he immediately recognises as this is a tattoo that his brother James has and James has been missing 
also not heard of for several weeks. So Edwin goes to the police with his suspicions, and the authorities are able to collect samples of fingerprints from James's home mm-hmm. and confirm that, yes, this is the arm that belongs to James Smith. They now have their identification. No one has heard from James for several weeks now, but there are no hospital reports of a, of a one-armed man coming in, and he certainly would have needed medical treatment if his arm had been hacked off. So the assumption is made that Smith is most likely dead, and the rest of him is either at the bottom of the ocean or in the belly of another shark somewhere and while it is obvious that this is a terrible terrible fate to befall anyone no one is entirely surprised that he's come to a bit of a sticky sticky end really really yeah he's he's no one's surprised that the violence has been involved no. He had his arm cut off and fed to a shark. Well, not necessarily fed to a shark. He's been, his arm has been cut off and he's been dumped in the ocean. Oh, okay. Um, right. so I don't no one had a pet shark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going slightly James Bond sort of villain-esque. Um, Which I would be here for. With a... <laughs> this is not the way this story is going. Unfortunately, we're not going to a volcano with a man with sharks. So. We never go to a volcano <laughs> with a man with sharks. I know. It's all very disappointing. This man has ended up in the ocean. In the ocean. Into pieces. Yes. Now I'm thinking maybe some sort of organised crime might that be That could well be the case. That's usually the way people end up. Yeah, indeed. No. A, a mugging gone very bizarrely wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the 45-year-old Smith, he is a bankrupt builder. He's a former bookmaker, he's a failed boxer, and he's a petty criminal. With a, with a record of a whole raft of minor convictions. His latest job was managing a local billiards hall that was home to an illegal gambling operation. Alongside all this, he has a history of a police informant as well. Right. Um, so he's not really popular with anyone, covering really. He's covering all bases. Not trusted by, by the criminals, not trusted by the police. <laughs> he's not an overly popular chap, really. So obviously, the police investigate what has happened to him, and they, they find that Smith had last been seen drinking with one of his friends, a trap called Patrick Brady in the Cecil Hotel. After that, they had returned to a cottage that had rented by Brady on the shores of Gunamatta Bay in Sydney. Turns out, eventually, that Patrick Brady is also quite well known to the police and had his record for forgery. He's a master criminal himself. Police try to trace the the movements of Smith and, and Brady and they find a cab driver who remembered on the morning after Smith had returned to the cottage with Brady. Brady had left the cottage and hailed the cab driver mm. and he was by himself. He was alone. There was no sign of Smith. The driver reports that he took Brady to North Sydney, where he dropped him off outside a house. That house turned out to be the home of businessman Reginald Lloyd Holmes. Now, Holmes is a a seemingly respectable entrepreneur. He runs a very successful boat building business on the harbour. But there are also rumours that Holmes is involved in other more nefarious activities. But police have never been able to pin anything on him. Shark cabaret. Shark smuggling. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Terrible crime. Smuggles arms in the sharks, sharks off to the far corners of the earth. He is believed to control a very lucrative smuggling ring. Using speedboats that he has built in his his workshops, uh, the boats would go out and pick up packages of cocaine and cigarettes and other contraband Ooh. that are thrown overboard by his suppliers nice. as they pass by in, in ships rather than coming to dock and get through harbours and things like that. International water. They just dump it in the ocean. He goes out in his boats and collects 
takes it and comes back and no one is any the wiser. James Smith had been a sometimes employee of Holmes and and was thought to have driven some of these speedboats um, during these smuggling missions. But the rumours were that they had recently had a rather serious falling out. Now, Holmes had his fingers in a lot of criminal pies. He was thought to be involved in forgery, but also insurance scams as well. And one of those scams had involved James Smith. Using various forged documents, Holmes had had vastly overinsured one of his yachts that he had built. And he had recruited Smith to take this boat out to sea and sink it lose the boat some tragic accident right, okay. terrible accident terrible accident flying. to see this boat is insured for five times what it's actually worth thanks to sort of some forged documents uh, oh it's got a really fancy engine and gold taps and all this sort of stuff <laughs> <laughs> so. five times they're worth what did the hell did you do to this boat it's made of made of solid gold and they thank you say hmm <laughs> <laughs> It's powered by sharks. <laughs> it's powered by sharks. It's actually more of a chariot. A sea chariot with sharks at the front. I would 100% <laughs> buy that boat for whatever the person was asking for. Smith has dutifully carried out his task, going out to sea in this boat, having a terrible accident, somehow managing to make it back to shore. Holmes files his insurance claim for the loss of the vessel. But he later learns that Smith has in fact reported this incident as suspicious to the police. He has been on to the police and oh. said, oh, I did this for Holmes, you know. He has oh. informed on this so, fraudulent oh, activity. Double, double payment. Indeed. Ooh. And the insurance claim is rejected. What a ruthless man. On this. And Holmes ends up with nothing for the loss of his boat. This, unsurprisingly, leads to a really serious falling out between the two men. This is only exacerbated when Smith reportedly begins blackmailing Holmes, threatening to reveal his role as a criminal kingpin in mm-hmm. Sydney if he doesn't get huge wadges of cash from Smith Holmes. is asking for He is walking now. a really fine line of mm. getting some cash and being really stupid. Now, the police know that Holmes has a score to settle with James Smith. And they also know that Brady was the last person to see James Smith alive. Yeah. Um, and now Brady's taxi journey ties him directly to Holmes. Now, even with these two suspects, a motive and a severed arm, the case is far from closed. All the evidence the police have collected so far against Brady and Holmes is purely circumstantial. Okay. Nothing that a good defence cannot put down to to gossip and coincidence, and Ooh. they could probably get away with it. They do not have the hard evidence they need. They decide to try a different approach. They bring in Brady on forgery charges, completely unrelated to James Smith's murder. Nice. But they think, we can put some pressure on him, and maybe he'll give something up. Oh. Okay, so they've got him on something. They've got him on something. Let's see if we can twist the screws. He might give us some information on something else. After an intense six-hour interrogation, Brady confessed to what the police already suspected. Reginald Holmes is the mastermind behind the murder of James Smith. Now, whether Brady made some sort of deal with the cops to, to make this statement, we do not know. Perhaps we'll, we'll lessen the forgery charges if you give us evidence against yeah. Holmes or something like that. Yeah. Or just six hours of that. For fact, I'm bored now. So who knows? But this is now what he is saying. News gets to Holmes that the police are now on to him. He obviously he has informants in various places. He's probably paid off a few cops. So he gets this news that his name has been mentioned. Police are after him. Yeah, he's quite the kingpin. Well, he? indeed. So, but, but by the time the authorities arrive at his house, Holmes is already on a speedboat in the middle of Sydney Harbour. Yes. He's out. Yes. <laughs> he's, There's so few stories that end with a 
speedboat escape. <laughs> and I have been waiting for this for so long. Uh, the police <laughs> police boats are soon dispatched to try and apprehend him. Oh my god, it's um, a speedboat chase. And there's a speedboat chase around yes. Sydney Harbour. I would um, do that 100%. If I was in the middle of an inner city, I would travel 100 miles to get on a speedboat and go, catch me now, fuckers. <laughs> he manages to evade his pursuers, all the while knocking back a bottle of whiskey. Yes! So he managed to... So, so he's, he's there knocking he's back a us. bottle of liquor, speedboating away. He's amazing! <laughs> How did they not catch him? Sorry, he's pissed. Uh, well, you'll find out. Oh, okay. There's okay. always so much more. <laughs> As he approaches the shore, um, he stops the boat okay. and stands up on deck, brandishing a pistol. Nice. Then without warning, he raises the pistol and shoots himself in the head. Oh, oh, Jesus. And falls into the water. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, indeed. For, and the police are having a similar reaction. What the hell's going on here? For a moment, it looks like this case is done and dusted. He's just he, he's just killed himself. He's just killed himself in, in there. But miraculously, somewhat, no. Holmes has survived. I think the intention was to kill himself. At the last minute, he got the angle wrong or the bullet ricocheted off somewhere. And as he's fallen into the water, the shock of this cold water has has brought him to his senses. And he manages to grab a rope that's trailing behind his, his boat and haul himself back on board while bleeding profusely from a bullet wound in his head. Instinct to stay alive. Well, indeed, Holmes sets off again in his speedboat, thinking, "Obviously, this <laughs> no, is this is doesn't. this is meant to be. No, I'm not meant doesn't. to be dead. I'm off." <laughs> Police chase him for four hours. What <laughs> in the speedboat? <laughs> he stopped. He stopped, shot himself. In shot the head. himself. Ish, fell into ish, the water. Climbed back. Climbed on back. Board. And still managed to have enough of a head start that the police were still chasing him four hours later. I, I mean, I'm not surprised that they were chasing him four hours later because he shot himself in the head, shaved off a bit of his brain. He's going erratically around the globe. Oh, it's all over the place. <laughs> I like the energy that midway through he went, "I'm going to end it all," and then he kind of went, "Oh, I'm a bit scared. No, no, no. I'm just going to nick myself. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to drive off for four hours. I have to." Commit to this now <laughs> eventually they are able to surround him to cut him off and force him to surrender he is unsurprisingly arrested and <laughs> as soon as he is in in interrogation cell he starts to talk according to him patrick brady is solely responsible for smith's murder Really? He hacked it entirely alone while killing and dismembering smith um in his cottage and, and Holmes agrees to be a witness against Brady at any trial. Wow. So now both men are saying the other one did it and are yeah. willing to testify against the other one. Holmes says that Brady had dumped most of the body parts out at sea somewhere, but apparently had held on to the arm and brought it to Holmes's house. Hmm. Um, well, I think as proof that Smith was dead and also and as a threat warning that I've done this you you can be next if you don't give me a huge wad of cash if i don't have a, an excellent payday coming mm. i've done this what am i going to do to you nah, holmes thanks. unsurprisingly doesn't like having a severed arm lying around the house mm. um, and throws it into the ocean where apparently the shark then finds it and munches down upon it I mean, it's terribly bad luck isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i mean this genuinely is terribly bad uh, yeah. luck <laughs> <with the shark. laughs> absolutely like, my god man yeah all the other bits of of smith are out there probably loads of other sharks having a lovely time out there just been nibbled just been nibbled upon and they mm. never get shot patrick brady is charged with the murder of james smith with reginald holmes acting as star witness for the prosecution mm. but at 1 20 a.m 
on the 12th of June, just hours before the start of the trial. Reginald Holmes' body is found slumped <gasps> over the wheel of his car with three bullet wounds in his chest. No! Completely dead. Oh! <laughs> oh! Now, without Holmes's testimony, the case against Brady completely collapses yeah the, the the cab driver is there willing to testify that yes brady had been what? had got had been a bit disheveled had been a bit distracted when he left the cottage in the morning but that is nowhere near enough the defense also argue well that one is one arm evidence of murder yeah good point good is, point can anyone really be a hundred percent sure that an armless james smith is not having a grand time somewhere yeah um off elsewhere and if not where is the rest of him Mm. no one is no one can prove categorically that james smith is even dead as we have proved on this podcast the presence of poison does not necessarily mean murder has taken place this is very true this is true true but then the prosecution also said well what about the murder of reginald holmes um this is our star witness who is now dead surely that points a rather incriminating finger at brady does it well no. If that's an entirely separate matter, say the, say the court. That's an entirely separate matter. If investigations link Brady to that murder, he'll be right back here on trial for that one. But at this point, nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it at all. Entirely circumstantial. The trial is over in less than two days. Yes. The judge directs that a verdict of not guilty should be reached. And Brady is acquitted and walks free from the court. He, now, he maintains for the rest of his life that he was entirely innocent. He did nothing um, until his death at the age of 76 wow. in 1965. <laughs> Police do investigate the murder of Holmes, as you would hope they would, and they find that he had actually taken out quite a substantial life insurance policy um, on himself just a few days before his, before his death. Interesting. Police actually believed that he had hired his own killers. That he, knowing the insurance company would not pay out on a suicide, he had hired someone to shoot him. So he wouldn't so have to he, give evidence. So he wouldn't have to have, give evidence. And his family, and his would, family be would be well provided for. Nice. And so that is what the, that's the result that the police come to. Mm. The case against, for James Smith, goes cold. And eventually police stop looking for the killer altogether. <gasps> Years later, many, many years later, um, another theory is presented that many people have come to believe is true. In the 1930s, Sydney is in the middle of a crime wave. There are many gangs trying to control the drugs trade, gambling, prostitution in the city. There's one particularly violent chap was Eddie Wayman. Now, it turns out that Smith, in his role as police informer, had been responsible for the capture of Wayman uh, during a botched bank robbery. And many people think that when Waymore was released, he sought revenge on the man who had not only turned him in, but was also likely responsible for many, many other arrests over the years. Okay. And at the time, going to the cops, being an informer, was the very worst crime of all Mm. in, in in that world. If you were a snitch, then that is you're the lowest of the low. Wow. And people think that Eddie Wayman actually was the one responsible for Smith's murder. But we will never know for sure. Perhaps the shark did it all along. The shark was walking on land, killing people wantonly. That's the story of the Australian shark eating murder. <laughs> trying to think shark, of an inch. The shark eating murder. Yay! Oh, thank you for that story, Nick. Love it. I'm going to do full disclosure, but partial disclosure, because that's what it is. So I knew of this story... 
I knew a shark was involved. Stopped reading after the shark was involved because I was like, oh, I'll come back to this and research it another time. And I'm so glad you've done this story because I was like, oh, this seems complicated. So I'm so glad you did this story. Oh, it's a good one. It's organised crime. It is, a, it is a good one, but it is a complicated one. It's so very complicated. Probably not the best one to have done while drinking free <laughs> cocktails. So I apologise if any random slurring or things went a bit weird. No, it's a good. It's a really good story because there's so many parties involved in it. But that's it's a good organised crime story. Mm. It's a wonderful story to start with of like creature feature. The shark. Oh, what bad luck. Oh yeah, bad shark. Bad luck. Bad shark. luck to throw the arm into the ocean. The yeah. ocean shall take it. The ocean. Oh, this shark was brought in as an attraction for children of a mm. Sunday, which is bad enough. The shark's going, this is horrible. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'll give you something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting at the end of it, as you said, there's all this really, which would turn out to be circumstantial evidence and speculation, but there's no evidence to link any of these people to the crime, you Absolutely. know, presented as it is. If Murder Island has taught us nothing, <laughs> and I will come back to that, it's a great series, people. Do watch it. We can speculate all we like. We can look at people's past convictions and mm. crimes it doesn't mean that they're guilty of that Absolutely crime at hand you can't convict someone in a court of law for oh yes they probably did do it they were wrong absolutely this one's so interesting what happened to Holmes in he, the end well well indeed i mean that there was a thought that perhaps actually eddie eddie wayman the the sort of the, the mm. gang leader or something did he have something to do with Holmes's death because he sort of Holmes had also Sort of mm. snitched on on Brady as well at the end. He yeah. had said, "I'm gonna, I will testify against him," snitching out f- fellow criminals. Absolutely, um, well no. worth multiple readings of it because there's so many players in it, and it's not cut and dried. It's ju- it's got just enough mystery all the mm. way through it. Of could it have been this person? Could it have not? There's enough twists and turns that keep you going, and it had a shark in it. And it so had a I'm shark. Happy. Has this been turned into a film at any point? Not that I'm aware of. I wouldn't no. be surprised. There are many, many books and things written about books, it. Books, books. Um, yeah, and I think there's been like episodes of like CSI Miami. CSI Shark. CSI what? Shark and stuff like that um, have been made based on this sort of story. Um, but I don't know if anything specifically about this one has been has It does. Been made. It does feel like it's a good film or series mm. that could be made out of this. The poor tiger shark that was dragged in and made to sit in a tank. Yeah. I will throw up everywhere, and then and then the shark was killed. And then the Aww. shark was killed. There are actually there's there's a, being the thirties. There are a lot of pictures on yes. this this online, so you can see the shark in the in the tank and it's things. Not pleasant. And people. you can see the the arm that's been vomited up and stuff like that. There are pictures. Google it if you really want to. Aquariums these days are not good. <laughs> Back then. Even worse. Even worse. But still, good story. It's a modernish story as well. Something nice in the twentieth century. Nice to. I like how we're describing the thirties as modernish. It is. <laughs> For us, it is. For yes, us okay. It is. <laughs> what do you think, people? What do you think happened in this story? Was the shark responsible the whole way the whole through this? Was the shark the criminal mastermind behind it all? Was the tiny shark the one who was really responsible and the tiger shark was trying to stop it? It's 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 just reign of terror? <laughs> That's what happened. You will, we'll never know. We'll never know. Uh, Australian listeners chime in. Just scream loudest. Go, I'm from Australia and I've heard of this or I haven't heard of this but I'm from Australia. Fabulous. We love you. Anyway, what shark facts do you know that you would like to share with us? By all means, message Sinead. She Sinead loves a shark. Love Can this. you tell? Tell us your theories and your thoughts on it. Are there more organised crime stories you'd like us to cover? Because this is one of the rare occasions where we've delved 
delved into organised crime on the main episode, actually. We've covered a few this in Patreon. Always happy to go into that area if it's what you want to hear. And if it's amusing. Only if it's amusing. Has to if be it's amusing. got a funny animal involved. <laughs> Only yeah. if it's shark-based. Most importantly, you must, must, must try a shark bite cocktail oh yes wowzer this is one of the best cocktails we've had in a long time glowing praise from Shalita, I, I, absolutely. It's, it's just 100% my cup of tea <laughs> it's beautiful it tastes good it looks good mix one up for halloween you will not regret it don't give it to the kids or give it to the kids if you want them to sleep <laughs> and also we really recommend having two negronis and this cocktail before recording a podcast yeah it can only go really well i feel fine yeah i don't <laughs> we need to get chips don't we <laughs> whatever you're drinking this weekend post pictures we have but a week left of spooky month we have plans for our episode coming out near to Halloween. But if you have suggestions of more spooky tales that we could cover on the main episode or on Patreon, keep sending them through. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones and sharks are trying to kill you. Bye. Bye.